So good morning, Eastside family. We want to let our children go to junior worship ages three through third grade. And so if you're new here and you're wondering what is that, that's something we have provided for the children those ages. It's in that direction. One of our shepherds is going to be back there uh, having a wonderful Bible class with your kids. Also want to make you aware of the fact that one of the very important aspects of our, of our worship assembly is our offering. And we make it possible for you to give your offering in four different ways. You can mail a check to the church address. You can give an automatic draft through your bank. You can give online through our website, eastsidesprings.com. On the front page, there's a little box there that says give. Just follow the easy instructions. Or if you're here in person today, you can uh, drop your contribution right there in the box on your way out. If you're not in person and you're live streaming with us, we are humbled and we are absolutely honored to have you with us this morning as well. Listen, we've got some folks handing out uh, a little handout. We're going to tell you about those in a minute. If you don't get one, just put your hand, your hand up and they'll, they'll, they'll try to get it to you. Listen, before we get started, Tim and I get started, I, I want to introduce you to a couple. Let's go to that, that next slide. You know, you know the, um, the, Ukraine, the war in the Ukraine started a year ago in February. It's hard to believe. And when it first started, it was like a big splash. Uh, it was on the front page of the paper constantly. We were talking about it. We were praying about it. And now it's just been going on for so long, we've just kind of gotten used to it as a way of life. Well, that's because we live so far away from there. And because we're Americans, we're not hearing it. We're not feeling it. We're not Ukrainians like Vitali and Irina, um, William Villamantrup, one of our members, he's Ukrainian, his family, he's got family there, my next door neighbors are from there. You ask them, it's on the forefront of their minds. And Vitali and Irina, they are Christians um, born and raised in Ukraine after the revolutions occurred in Eastern Europe and the fall of the, uh, the Iron Curtain because of unemployment in Ukraine, they made their way into Czechoslovakia at the time they were taught the gospel, uh, became Christians, were baptized into Christ, and became a very active part of our church, and became two of the dearest friends of me and Karen. Absolutely love Vitali and Irina. Um, we worked with them and lived with them and just worshiped with them for 10 years and then go back every year and see them when we uh, make our, our follow-up mission trips there. We moved back to the States, obviously. They moved far away from Brno, the city we lived in, to a small village where there's really not a church there. Almost everybody there where they live are atheists, and they're pretty much on their own. So Vitali and I and Karen and Irina, we stay in touch over the years. We see each other over the years. And when the war broke out last year, I called Vitali, and he cried on the phone. Not on the phone, it was FaceTime. Um, we could see each other. He took it. It was just absolutely devastated. He's got family there. A month later, Vitali had a heart attack. And he's not even 60 yet. He had a heart attack. And the doctor said, this is primarily anxiety and stress related. And the only thing that was creating uh, anxiety for Vitali was the war. So we stayed in touch to support him and encourage him all year last year. He let us know that his father was diagnosed with cancer. It looked pretty serious. In, in Christmas, he was able to go and visit with his dad. At Christmas, his dad lives in the Ukraine. So Irina and Vitali drove. They are on the eastern border of Ukraine, so it's a little bit safer of an area. They went to visit his dad. 
And, he's, and he wrote me and he said, hey, this will probably be the last time I ever see my dad. And my dad's just hoping to live long enough to see the war come to an end. And so I heard from Vitali last week. His father actually passed away. Vitali and I um, and Irina and Karen, we, um, we spoke again through FaceTime. They're incredibly devastated, incredibly discouraged. And they're our family. You're looking at your brother and sister in Christ who aren't doing this this morning because they don't have it where they are. And so, you know, what can we do about the war in the Ukraine? Are we going to go over there and fight? Are we going to go over there and convert the president of Ukraine or, or speak sense into the leadership there? How can we help? What can we do? One thing you can do. You could actually email Vitali Niren. Vitali is impeccable. His English is better than mine, I think. He speaks beautiful English. You could write them, better than email, you could write them a letter. What would it mean to them to know that they have a family who stands by their side? Vitali Niren gave me permission to tell you this. I don't know if they gave me permission to put their picture up. Sorry about that. Um, but if you want their address, I'm not going to go live with it, but I will you email me or text me and I will send you the email address or their home address. Oh, it would be awesome if we could reach out to them. Now, now don't send them stuff. Like, first of all, don't send weapons, all right? They don't need that. Um, but I joke that way, but a lot of times people, people in Europe, they're all poor, send them money. They don't need money. They're okay with that. They need your support. They need your love. So... There you go. That's Vitelli Nirina. If you could, if you could bless them, oh please let me know. So Tim and I, we're going to kind of tag team this morning, and what we're doing is we're just going to we're going to follow up on a conversation we started here in our Sunday morning assemblies two weeks ago, and we continued last week, January first, the first Sunday of the year. Our shepherds came up here and they led us in our prayer service and, and they looked to the past and they thanked God for where we've been and what God has done in our church family. And then we looked to the future and, and we sought God for his vision and where he's leading us into the future. And then last week we had a guest speaker who came and, and he spoke about, spoke about the theme of spiritual formation, which is primarily talking about our growth and our, our maturity as we look to the future as a church family and there was a narrow focus also on how that looks for the younger generation in our church and what we, all the rest of us, the role that we can play in, in helping carry out that vision of, of spiritual formation and growth. And so this Sunday, we want to we kind of close that, not close that conversation, we want to continue it and really give you some tangibles. And the way we want to do that is I want to start out by telling you a story. So, many years ago, it was actually before I was here, um, Karen and I had, were going through a very, very difficult time in ministry, which is not unusual, it's just part of, part of life in ministry. But this was a really hard, a rough patch for us, and so I thought, alright, we're going to go to a movie, we're going to go out to eat, we're going to just have a good time, we're going to cheer ourselves up. And so... I've always learned, let Karen pick the movies, but this time I picked the movie, and you know, being the guy, I picked a war movie. I picked a movie called Lone Survivor. Oh my. 
And, um, and, so, and so if you know it, it's the story of an unsuccessful mission of these, uh, these Navy SEALs who go into Afghanistan for a particular reason. And all the good guys in the story get killed except for the one, the lone survivor. And so if you're looking to get encouraged and cheered up, that is not your movie, all right? But if you're looking to get extremely depressed about the reality of what our soldiers go through on the front lines, then you certainly want to go there. And so we left the theater. We walked out of the, the theater. And Karen, she takes movies really, she really gets into it. She was sobbing through the movie because it's, it's, a, it's a true story. And it was so bad for Karen, she says, I've I got to go into the bathroom and kind of clean myself up. So she went into the bathroom and she cleaned herself up. And she came out, and she didn't look any better. Um, <laughs> her face was red. Her nose was red. Her face was swollen. Her eyes were incredibly bloodshot. And her makeup, there was these streaks. You could see where there were tears. And, and, and so I'm sitting there going, oh... Guess we're not going to a really nice, nice restaurant because she's going to be kind of embarrassed looking like that. I don't know if we're going to go out to eat or not. And so we walked outside of the, the theater, and lo and behold, right to the right, there was a Waffle House. And I thought, perfect, her bloodshot <laughs> eyes will fit in there, there at Waffle House. Because <laughs> if you've ever been to Waffle House, you know that they don't fuss over how they look when you go there to eat. You can just however you want. So we walked into Waffle House, and when you go in... To the left side, there was, a, there was a framed statement there. It was their, their mission statement. And their mission statement read like this. Our mission is to deliver a unique experience to our customers. That's their mission. Now, here's how they do that. Through four things. Delivering great food, friendly, attentive service, excellent price, and a welcoming presence. So we went. And, and it was a unique experience. There's no place like Waffle House, so check. Then, we had just barely walked in the door. Three people, big smiles, welcome to Waffle House. A welcoming experience, check. We sat down, we were barely in our seats, and two people came to wait on us. Attentive service, like they said, check. And Karen ordered... Karen ordered a, a, a pecan waffle with bacon and decaffeinated coffee. And I, I ordered a hamburger. And my favorite thing there are the hash browns. Excellent food, like it says. Check. I paid $12.41. Check. An excellent price. Because, you know, that's my wife, all right? Nothing's too good for her. I not only get her a waffle... I splurged and put pecans in that waffle for the extra charge, right? They don't call me Cousin Eddie for nothing. Some of you get it, some of you don't get that. We left at 7.30. We were there for 30 minutes and never felt rushed. As we were walking out, that's when I noticed this framed statement. And I was so moved by that, and I was going to be speaking about mission at a particular mission vision at a church. I thought, oh, I'm taking a picture of that. Took a picture of it, and that's why I still remember it today. And as we walked out, I thought, that's, a, that's about pretty much what happened. It was clear to me that this is what they say they do, 
And that's exactly what they did. Their mission was more than a canned slogan. It was pretty clear to me that our experience wasn't just coincidental or random, but their employees had been, had been taught that mission. Their employees had been trained in tangible ways to carry out that mission. And they had been reminded of it. And so, as far as Karen and I are concerned, you could say when we went in the doors of Waffle House, mission accomplished. We left very different than when we went in. Now, Karen still looked the same, but our, our spirits were lifted. Listen, for a business and also for a church, it's incredibly vital to have a mission. In Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, we read, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, some will say, Eddie, that has nothing to do about the vision of a church. I actually disagree with that. I can't explain that too much with you. But in the NIV, it says something like, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. That's what it means. What does that mean? I believe it basically means this. Where there is no vision, where there is no revelation, where there is no direction and guidance from God and revelation from His Word, people just kind of wander around aimlessly without direction. They just get off track. The popular motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, he says it like this, if you don't know where you're going you'll probably end up somewhere else. He also says, if, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. So let me ask you, where are you going in your life? Where, what are you aiming at? What are we as a church, where are we going what are we aiming at? This is what Tim asked two weeks ago as, as he talked about our future vision. His first words were, I remember them well, why are we here? What are we doing here? What's this church thing and this Christian, what is this all about? You know, because this is, it's important to know because as a Christian or as a church, sure, we can be going through those motions, right? Going through the religious motions but, but why? And what are we trying to accomplish? And so as followers of Jesus, we look at him. He had a mission. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, Jesus says, For the Son of Man came. So we went, why did you come, Jesus? What are you doing here? Well, I'm just hanging out. No, to seek and to save the lost. That was why he came. That's why he was here. That was his mission. And so you see that all throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In the book of Mark, in chapter 1, verses 35 through 39, it's that beautiful model of Jesus praying early in the morning in a solitary time of prayer. And the disciples are going, where is he? They finally found him, and he said, all right, fellas. He didn't say it like that. But he said in verse um, 37, let us go to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. Listen to this. That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. That's a three-point sermon. Jesus knew his mission. He kept his mission his priority. And it was in prayer that he kept his, his mission in focus and was motivated by it. So then you follow the story of, of Jesus and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what he did. 
Jesus wasn't just wandering around being a nice and good guy to everybody throughout the week and then, then going to church once a week. He was on task. He was on a mission. And so you notice that as part of his mission, he was training his disciples in tangible ways for them to carry out that mission once he was gone. And so his very last words, and I've given you this as something to look at in your life groups to, to discuss, his very last words that Matthew records is passing on that mission to his disciples as he said to them, therefore, Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've taught you. That's your mission. That was mine. Now it's yours. You move into the book of Acts. That's what you see the followers of Jesus doing. That was and still is the mission of the church today. And so we at Eastside, we've embraced that mission the mission of making disciples of all nations. And if you look at the larger context of the Bible, that means a whole lot of things. But primarily, to make disciples means to help for myself, first of all, to enter into a saving relationship with Christ through baptism. That's what Jesus speaks about there in Matthew 28. But it doesn't stop there as it does for too many people. But it's about growing and maturing. That's what um, Dave was talking about last week. That spiritual formation. Growing and maturing into the image of Christ. So much so that all of a sudden I'm following him and seeking and saving the lost. And leading others to Christ. That they will grow and mature into the image of Christ. That they will lead others to Christ. Who will grow into the image of Christ. And it goes on and on and on. That's, that's not something we thought up. That is the mission given to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our mission is what we do. And you could also say in why. And then attached to that, as you see on the screen, there is a vision that accompanies our, our mission. Our vision is how. Mission, what, and why. Our vision is how. And so you take that mission and that vision and you merge them together and you come up with this statement. It's kind of like the Waffle House. We want to do this. Our mission is to do this. And these are the four ways we want to accomplish that. Well, we have three ways we want to carry out our mission. And it's read like this. Our mission, let's go to the next slide, Richard. Our mission is to make disciples of all nations through connecting, growing, and serving. Our goal is that everyone who walks through these doors experiences, crosses over, experiences those three things, connecting and growing and serving so that each individual is becoming and growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So that regardless of the condition you were in when you walked through these doors, you're not the same person when you left. So that's great. It's one thing, we have t-shirts that say, connect, grow, serve. We can put it on a frame in our foyer. We can put it on our website. But what does that mean other than a sermon and a slogan? Is that real? Is it living? Is it tangible? What does that look like in tangible ways? What can you do in 2023 to connect, grow, and serve so that the person you are today will not be the person you'll be this time next year? 
but you'll be more like Christ. So that's what our elders in leading this church have been wrestling with and praying over as they seek to think, let's not just tell them connect, grow, and serve, but let's help them know tangible ways that can be carried out. That's where Tim comes in. Yeah, so first I want to thank Eddie for allowing me to follow after Lone Survivor compliments of wife and Waffle House. My pleasure. Uh, that, uh, that <laughs> in Chick-fil-A. Um, so as Eddie mentioned, you know, when I, I stood up in front of you two weeks ago, charged with the idea of looking forward for 2023, you know, of course, as your shepherds, we always want to be able to cast that vision for a great year ahead. But this year, as we reflected on that, it kind of came down to, we have our vision of connect, grow, and serve, but is that enough? I mean, we, we talk often about our vision of connect, grow, and serve, I think pretty much everybody here probably knows that vision, but have we, have we given you, have we pointed you in the right direction for how you go about connecting, growing, and serving? And so this year, your shepherds wanted to deliberately challenge each of you to grow in your relationship with God and with each other. And so then I, I challenged you to come to our spiritual formation workshop last week with Dave Blanchard. And he was going to bring focus to why spiritual formation is so important in ourselves and in the future of our church. And at the workshop, Dave mentioned a couple of things that I want to bring to your attention. And the first one is that Fuller Youth Institute commissioned a study about uh, teens and how they develop and then what happens to them after, uh, after they graduate from high school and does their faith stick with them. And what they found in their study was that when teens graduate from high school, 40 to 50% of them also graduate the church. And the sad piece of that is, Dave said, there's evidence that could show that that statistic is too low. What does that make you think about the future of the church, of Eastside and the church at large? He also mentioned a book called Almost Christian that I have not read yet but is now on my reading list by Kenda Creasy-Dean, whose research indicated uh, first that we are creating a generation of what she called moralistic therapeutic deists. So just to break that down for you again, to remind you, or if you weren't here last week, uh, what does that mean? Well, first of all, you know, I, we want you to be a good person. That's the moralistic part. And if you have problems, 
go to God because God is there to, to take care of any problems that you've, you've got. But what that winds up kind of coming out as is uh, God being seen as some sort of divine therapist. Or I go to the vending machine and I push the button and out pops the answer to my problem. And that's the therapeutic piece. And the final piece of that is that there's a higher power out there and I'm spiritual, but you know, we don't really get into each other's business and there are many ways to tune into that higher power. And that's the deism part there. The other piece that, that Dean suggests is that you pretty much get what you are in raising the next generation. And I, I gotta tell you that that hit me right between the eyes. It got me thinking, wow, is that how I raised my kids? Is that how I'm shepherding this church? I sure hope not. But what that tells me, though, is that now it's about more than just our kids and the next generation. It's about all of us and this church today. Because if you pretty much get what you are, what does that say about me? What does that say about you? And so I'd ask you to reflect on that same question as well. Is that how you're raising your kids? How you raised your kids? Is that how you approach your own spiritual life and the people in church, in this church that you interact with? Dave went on to also show a model for discipleship and ministry of identity, autonomy, and belonging. And I apologize, those words aren't uh, as big as I thought they might be. But uh, so identity is who am I? What does it mean for me to be a child of God? Autonomy meaning how can I use my gifts what can I do to make a difference in this world and in this church? And belonging, where do I fit in and who cares about that? And I'll tell you, church, that if we're not the people helping to answer those questions, there are plenty of people in this world that are willing to do that. That's right. And oh, by the way, those concepts overlay very nicely with connect, grow, and serve there. So following the workshop last weekend, your shepherds and ministry staff uh, got together in uh, a hot, smoky room <laughs> and uh, to develop some tangible things that we could overlay on top of connect, grow, and serve. Things that we want you, every one of you here or listening online, to commit to doing this year. Things that we believe that if you do them will deepen your faith and the faith of others and will strengthen this church. And so the first thing is connect. And you guys already have the punchline. I saw those being pointed, uh, handed out here earlier. By the way, we want every single person to have one of these cards. If you don't have one of these cards, raise your hand. Uh, and I will 
be happy to make sure that you get one. On the table. We've got some on the table back there. Um, oh, yep. gonna be. Ben's going to go back and he's going to, uh, he's going to hand them out. So if you would hold your hand up, we'll make sure you get one. So first is connect. And so what I ask you to do is to choose five people and commit to checking in with them at least once a month. Text them, email them, call them, talk to them in person, send them a card, connect with each of those five people at least once a month. If you can do that more often, fantastic, but at least once a month. And we'd like for at least one of those five people to be outside your comfort zone, outside your friend group, somebody you don't know or don't know well, okay? No fair choosing all your friends. Part of this is we want you to connect across this body here. And at least one of those five needs to be somebody under the age of 25. A young adult, one of our teens, and since it could be a little bit uh, difficult and or awkward uh, for kids younger than teens, uh, could be a family that with kids in our kid ministry, okay? So at least one outside your, your comfort zone or friend group, um, and at least one somebody under 25, young adult, teen, kid man family, all right? And if you happen to be in one of those categories of 25 and under, then you go the other direction, all right? And we want you to get to know them. Ask how you can pray for them. Share a scripture and what that scripture means to you and ask, what do you think about this scripture? What does this scripture mean to you? Engage in a dialogue with them. And it doesn't have to be anything big. Um, but I will tell you that um, Ginger McBride started doing this with me several years ago, and I know that she does it with several of you as well. Uh, it's not just me. I'm not the only person special in this congregation. Um, but she texts me every week and says, how can I pray for you this week? And it's made a big impact on me. Um, so uh, I guarantee making those simple connections will have a big, big impact on those people that you... Uh, that you connect with. Second thing is we want you to join and commit to a life group. Now, if you're already part of a life group, fantastic. Check that one off. But we want you to commit to participating in that life group as well. So if you're part of a life group, don't really attend regularly, we'd like for you to commit to doing that. This is another place where you can make those connections that are really going to be meaningful to you, creating relationships and helping you grow deeper in your spiritual walk. Okay, the second piece is... And that list is on the... Oh, and if you're not in a life group, that list is back there on the, the table. So pick one of those up on your way out the door today if you're not a member of the life group. Second is grow. And so I want you to do two things here. We want you to increase 
your daily Bible study time by 10%. Just 10%. Okay? If you're not already reading the Bible every day, we want you to start. And start with just one chapter a day. Either out of, and so you, you don't have to choose where am I going to start because if you're like me, then you get into uh, decision paralysis. So you don't have to choose. Start with either the Psalms, Proverbs, or the Gospels. Just one chapter a day. Okay? Um, secondly, we want you to pray every day. Pray for your, the five connections that you've made and pray for this church. All right? And third, serve. We want everybody in this church to be part of a ministry. And there are a ton of ministries that you can be a part of. There's our, there's our praise team ministry. There's uh, our IT ministry. There's the kids ministry, the youth ministry. There's Mercy's Gate. There's the missions committee. We have a faith-based scout troop that we sponsor here called American Heritage Girls. That is just to name five off the top of my head. So there's a list of our ministries on the table back there. Pick up one of those on your way out and commit to uh, becoming a part of that within the next week. And again, if you're already part of a ministry, great, check that off. So, uh, but we want you to take this card. The reason we want every single person to have one of these cards is because we want you to put this in a place where you're going to see it every day. Put it in a, as a bookmark, put it in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your bathroom mirror. I don't care where you put it, but put it somewhere where you're going to see it every single day to remind you. Consider this uh, writing it on your doorposts, if you will. Okay. Um, and as we go through this year, we, your shepherds and ministry staff, are going to be reminding you of this, that we as a church want you to commit to doing this. Uh, and we're going to ask our life groups to do this as well. We're planning some additional opportunities throughout the year and adopt a teen and adopt a kid program coming. Those are still being fleshed out right now. We're also looking at the possibility of we want everybody engaged in the Word and reading the Bible every day. We're also looking at having uh, a Bible reading plan where all of us are reading the same passage together every week. Okay, so more to come on that. And some of you may be thinking that, well, these things seem awfully small. All you want me to do is increase my Bible reading by... 10 minutes a day, pray for five people. It's not very big, Tim, but we want to start with small habits. I'm reminded of something I saw just a couple of weeks ago of the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. And so if you're starting these habits, we want to start small because we want you to build habits that will endure, that will have a meaningful impact on your spiritual growth, on your relationship in community, in your relationship with God 
and this church so that we strengthen this body as we strive to to execute the mission that Jesus gave us that Eddie was telling us about before that, before I started talking. All right, the other thing I would encourage you is if you fall off, don't drop off, okay? Pick it back up and start again. It's so easy when you're trying to get going with something and then you fall off and you say, well, there it went. It's been a month. That's okay, pick it back up. Start again. Keep going. I guarantee you the people that you connect with will appreciate it. Your spiritual walk will appreciate it. This church will appreciate it uh, as we learn to grow and lean on each other. But as we, as we get ready to close today, I'm going to ask you to discuss this in your life groups. Eddie's already given life group handouts uh, to the life group leaders this week. But to dig into this further of why this is important to us, why this is important to us as a church, and how life groups can encourage this commitment. So, Eddie, I'm going to turn it back over so, to you and let you open up our prayer time and close very this grateful out. to have our shepherds of this church. This wasn't me saying, hey, guys, y'all need to do this. This was their initiative. I, my morning prayer is I pray for our elders by name, and I ask God to give them wisdom in the decisions they need to make and courage to carry out those decisions. I ask the good shepherd, great shepherd, Peter calls him, Jesus, to lead them that they may lead us. And so I am deeply thankful that they said, hey, wait a minute, if we're really going to fulfill that role, what does this look like for us this year? So Tim, thank you. Uh, shepherds, we love you. And we deeply appreciate you. We've been saying that table back there, if you're wondering what table back there, it's right there in the middle in the auditorium. On it should be these little handouts. You can pick one up. On it should also be, oh no, is a list of life groups and a list of our ministries. Pick them up if you haven't already. We gave these out in September during a sermon series. And if there's run out, let us know in the office and we'll give you, we'll make sure you... Um, get a list of those as well. So we want to close in prayer and we want to connect in prayer with God but also one another and we want to really encourage you um, when we stand in a moment and our worship team leads us in a, in a closing prayer song it, to get out of your seats and, and go pray with somebody. As I'm looking out over here I'm not going to call you out but there are a lot of people I'm looking at that I know what you're going through and it's a really hard time right now and a lot of us know who they are and it'd be wonderful if we would kind of break out of our shyness and love one another and I'll just go to someone pray with them um, encourage them and if you're that person don't, don't be shy also reach out to them and pray for them um, go to them as well uh, let's be praying for John um, the family of John Muth for Mary and for the children the memorial service is going to be this Saturday right here at 2 o'clock you'll be getting more information about that church let's stand and go to God together in prayer hey I'm Eddie White the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.